Welcome to the Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. Hi, it's Lauren Parsons here. Welcome to Thrive TV, helping you boost your health, energy, and productivity. And today we're talking about why relationships are so hard. So I'm so thrilled to be joined by Karen Strang Allen. Hi, Karen. Hey, Lauren. Great to have you with us. So Karen is an empowerment coach that helps single women reinvent themselves and turn their breakups into the best thing that ever happened to them. I know she's got a real heart for empowering women. So listen in today, whatever your relationship status is, you're going to get so much out of this. We're going to learn the reasons why relationships often fail. She's going to teach us the three keys to lasting love. And I'm really excited to hear the answer to this. She's going to share with us the one question that you should regularly ask your partner. So I can't wait to hear what it is. But first, before we dive in, we're just going to ask Karen uh, this and that question. So are you ready, Karen? I'm ready. Okay. So tell me, would you choose Monopoly or chess? Monopoly. Monopoly. Nice. Okay. Uh, Would you rather be a famous musician or a famous actor? Musician. Oh, nice. Uh, A month without your car or a month without the internet? Wow. Uh, yeah. I'd have to stay without the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I would too. I'd be on my bike and walking. Uh, hot drinks or cold drinks? At this time of year, I'll go with hot. Oh, nice. Um, popular pre-made travel tour or build your, build your own itinerary from scratch? Build your own itinerary. Yeah. For nice. sure. Um, fresh salad or hot vegetables? Um, fresh salad usually, although at this time of year I tend to switch to hot vegetables. <laughs> okay, nice. Would you rather be invisible or able to read minds? Able to read minds. Ooh, ooh, I think I would choose, oh, I don't know which I'd choose, actually. I don't think I'd want either. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Logical or creative? Creative, for sure. Nice. Would you rather be lost on a mountain or an island? Hmm, I'm going to say island. Okay. And last one is singing or dancing? Oh, I love both. That's a hard choice. I'll go with singing. Okay. You, you can have both. That's good. <clears throat> okay. So let me tell you a little bit more about Karen. Over the past five years, Karen String Allen has helped hundreds of single women across North America to feel great about themselves and to create a life they love and attract loving relationships. Karen was widowed at 22 and separated at 35. And Karen knows all about heartbreak and how to overcome it. She's dedicated her life to learning what works and what doesn't in relationships. And she has coaching certifications with Jack Canfield, Doreen Virtue, and NLP Canada. Karen's book, Free to Be Me, is an inspiring guide on how to create an exciting life based on your values and your passions. And she's also co-authored a book, Unwavering Strength, Volume 2, which has become an international bestseller. So I'm so thrilled to have you with us, Karen. So I want to start by just asking you, why uh, actually start by asking you why is it that you got started doing what you're doing now well i think uh like many coaches we often start trying to solve our own problems right so uh um you know relationships have been i guess more challenging for me than i thought they were going to be i was always a hopeless romantic growing up bought into the whole cinderella story you know you're going to meet your prince and ride off into the sunset and it was as easy as that Only for me, at least, it wasn't as easy as that. Uh, My first husband passed away when I was only 22 years old. And uh, and, and I would have said he was my soulmate. So I was fortunate to meet my soulmate at 19 and and unfortunate to lose him at 22. Um, 
So I, uh, you know, my life kind of fell apart after that because I had really based my sense of self-esteem and love for myself on his love for me. So guess what? When that person's gone, then so is your your love for yourself if that's where you had based it. So I learned that lesson uh, painfully early on. Um, and I moved from the East Coast, from New Brunswick to uh, to Ottawa uh, as a result of that and, and started doing a master's in journalism and uh, remarried and recreated a life for myself and then uh, realized that um, that, that marriage um, wasn't a, a good relationship for me. It was a, a good person, but I had more of a roommate than a husband and it uh, you know just wasn't what I thought a, a good relationship would be. So uh, after that relationship, I've had a few other ones and, uh, and eventually I just kind of got fed up with the whole thing and thought, okay, there's got to be an easier way. Like this is just way too hard. And why is this not working for me? You know, really the common denominator is myself. So I need to take a step back here and look at what's going on. Um, yeah, and I did. And I, I studied relationships and uh, for the better part of a decade uh, and finally figured it out and got excited to, to share that with the world and, and particularly with other um, single women who, like me, may have struggled with some unhealthy relationships and not understanding why. Mm-hmm. So and can I ask you, what's your relationship status now? So I am currently single. Um, I, I just was in a really good relationship, but also realized I was repeating a pattern again. So, uh, so I'm happily single and, uh, and excitedly waiting for my next soulmate to arrive. <laughs> hey, awesome. Yeah. So tell me, why is it that relationships fail? You've become an expert on this. What are the causes? You know, really, if I were to kind of summarize it, um, it's that people go into relationships for the wrong reasons. Um, so we go into a relationship because we're lonely and we're looking to fill our heart with uh, the other person, or we're not happy with ourselves and our lives and we're expecting them to make us happy. Um, and sometimes there's other reasons like, you know, it'll make the finances easier or my biological clock is ticking. But long story short, those are all bad reasons to go into a relationship. So the five main reasons why relationships fail, the first one is just not being happy with yourself. If you're, um, if you don't fundamentally love yourself, it doesn't matter who you pick and it doesn't matter how much they love you. They're never going to be able to love you enough to convince you you're lovable if you don't already know that about yourself. And honestly, it puts way too much pressure on the other person um, to expect them to do that. It's not their job to make you happy. It's your job to make you happy. So that's the number one reason I see. Um, the second reason is unresolved past trauma. So long story short, we're dragging our emotional baggage into the relationship with us and we're weighing it down because we haven't spent some time doing some processing around the things from our childhood or sometimes past relationships that have caused us pain. And most human beings have a tendency to just push that pain down and repress it and think, okay, I'll just hide it in the closet. If it's in the closet, it's not going to bother anyone. But we all know that's not how it works. You get into a relationship with someone, they say or do the wrong thing, it triggers you and bam, their whole closet explodes and all that emotional baggage falls out on the floor. So um, generally, it's a lot better if people take the time to, to process that stuff and, uh, and learn how to, how to deal with their own emotions before going into a relationship. So that's the second reason. Exactly, exactly. I, I actually have a funny story around that. I was in a relationship once where uh, I had, you know, kind of 
put all my baggage out on the table and said, okay, here's mine, you know, and what's yours? And the guy was like, no, I don't have any. I don't have any baggage. I'm like, what are you talking? I can see it. It's right there. <laughs> no, I don't have any baggage. You can't fool somebody on this stuff. They'll see if you have baggage. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so those are the first two reasons. The third reason is really limiting beliefs about love and about the opposite sex and about what's possible. So if, for example, I see this one commonly in women, women will have gone through a bad relationship or two and then they have the belief that all guys are jerks. Well, if you have that belief, guess who you're attracting in your next relationship? It's not going to be Mr. Nice Guy. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to, uh, to take some time to clean up those belief systems. And we're also, you know, often we, we're taught that, uh, that love doesn't last or that relationships are hard or, um, you know, many of these different beliefs that get in the way uh, when we're in a relationship. So um, it, what you believe is what's going to manifest in your reality. And, uh, and there's many reasons for that, but basically when you believe something, you're going to tend to look for the proof of that and, uh, and that's all you're going to see, not because there aren't other things out there, but that, because that's what you're focused on. Um, so then that ends up creating the choices that you make and then the reality you end up with. Um, so if you're finding that your relationships aren't turning out the way you want, it's really useful to take a look at your belief systems. So that's number three. Number four is lack of compatibility. We just simply pick the wrong person sometimes. And when I say compatibility, I'm not talking about what most people think is compatibility. Most people focus on interests. They think, um, you know, okay, we both like soccer or we both enjoy watching the senators play hockey. Um, that's nice and gives you something to do together occasionally, but that's not what uh, a healthy relationship and a long-term life is built on. What you really want to be looking for is common values and common lifestyle goals and desires. Um, those are the things that are going to make or break a relationship. So if you're focused on surface level stuff like, ooh, I always wanted somebody who drove, drives a BMW and who's over six feet tall, okay, that's great, but <laughs> that's yeah. not going to determine your long-term happiness. Um, so it's much more important to pay attention to do their values match mine? Do we want the same things in life? Mm -hmm. I think suppose it's such a deep running thing that if people have mismatch values, sometimes we don't realise that, I think, in that honeymoon period at the start of a relationship or we ignore it and then it comes back up when one person values this and the other person values the exact opposite thing. It causes clashes, doesn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, very true, because it can be easy in that honeymoon stage to get swept up in the excitement, and it usually is the common, like, ooh, they like this, and I like this, too, and, and I'm always like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm happy for you, but you need to be asking some big questions, you know, fairly early on to find out if you're really a match or not, mm -hmm. um, because like you said, sooner or later, when you hit the power struggles phase of a relationship, that stuff's going to become more obvious, and the little red flags you were overlooking in the beginning are going to become giant red flags. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely important to be willing to ask the tough questions early on and find out what is this person about? What do they believe in? I find a lot of people fall in love with a fantasy of what they want instead of the actual person. So, you know, it's like, okay, I've got this idea of what I want the person to be and what I want the relationship to be. And so guess what? You're it. And then no matter who the person is, you're trying to fit them into this mold of what you want in your relationship, whether they're that person or not. Mm -hmm. um, I know I had to learn that lesson a few times uh, where I was with somebody who just wasn't capable or wasn't wired to 
give me the kinds of things I wanted in a relationship. And for a long time, I made them wrong about that and blamed it on them. But if I'm being honest about it, I picked somebody who wasn't able to be the person I wanted. And then I spent the whole relationship trying to make them into that. And that's not fair because they're allowed to be who they are. Yeah. So it sounds like what, one of the things that themes I'm hearing is that often it's more focusing on yourself and your self-love and taking care of yourself and choosing to live the way that you want to live and being true to your values rather than going out there trying to look necessarily, you know, it's kind of like I think sometimes we become distracted or people become obsessed with an idea of someone rather than really thinking about who you are. And I even heard someone talked about making a list. Darren Hardy talked about when he was thinking about the ideal wife that he wanted for himself, he wrote out this huge, huge list of how he would describe her and not just how she looked, but who she was and her values and what she was like. And then after that, he wrote out an even longer list of the person that he needed to be, the man that he needed to be in order to be the sort of man that that sort of woman was going to be compatible with and attracted to and all of those things. So I don't know if that's part of your process. It's probably similar and in there because I know that's just such a key foundation is to work on yourself first and then be the person that's, that's going to be with your ideal partner. Yeah, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head there. And, uh, and it's a good segue into the fifth reason, which is that it's the fifth reason why relationships uh, often don't work out is lack of skill. Um, you know, people go into it not having a clue how to have a healthy, happy relationship and what it takes. Um, you know, frankly, our parents don't teach us that. Our schools don't teach us that. I think it's a shame schools don't teach that because you learn all kinds of things you don't use in your life. But what would you? What else could you use more than relationship skills? Everything's about relationships. Um, but we're not taught that, so we kind of stumble along trying to figure it out. And uh, you know, honestly, if people would just learn some of the basics around communicating in a healthy way, so that the other person can hear to learn empathic listening, to learn conflict resolution skills, how to communicate vulnerably what you need and want so the other person can hear you, relationships would be so much different if everyone took the time to learn those skills. Yeah, and so do you feel like good relationships should be free of conflict? No, not at all. In fact, I mean, if you, know, if you want a relationship free of conflict, you can, you know, you'd have to live by yourself on an island somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're around other human beings, period, whether that's a partner or kids or coworkers, there's going to be conflict because we're different human beings. We have different ideas about how things should be, different needs and wants and backgrounds and, and cultures and ethnicities. And, uh, you know, naturally, when you're around other people, you're going to have different ideas about how you want things to go. Um, so you have to be able to find a way to navigate through that. So to me, it isn't about having no conflict. Um, I actually get suspicious when people say, oh, we never fight. Because if, if you're never fighting, you're, somebody is burying the issues. Someone is burying stuff under the carpet. And sooner or later, when you have a mountain under your carpet, you're going to have to face it. So um, I've preferred to hear that people are like, oh, you know, we kind of got into a, a bit of a disagreement, but we made our way through it. Like, it's not about not having conflict. It's about knowing how to fight fair and how to, uh, um, in fact, I prefer the word disagreement over fighting because to me, it doesn't have to be a fight. A fight implies that there's an adversary. Your partner doesn't have to be your adversary. They can still be your teammate even while you're disagreeing. Oh, and if you take yeah. yeah. Everyone that's watching, they should write that down. That sounds like such a nugget of wisdom that even when you're disagreeing with someone, you don't need to fight with them, they're not your adversary. I'm going to hold on to that. Yeah. Because you, you, you do need to work as a team. I always find 
It's about trying to picture at the end of this disagreement, what is the solution that we want to work towards and how can we do it together? And, and I recall years ago from a marriage course that they talked about, imagine that you're sitting together side by side on a, on a couch or on a sofa and you're looking out together, brainstorming the solutions rather than being going head to head with one another. Like you're sitting beside each other and you're trying to find out how can we, you know, this is, I want this and you want this. And this is not really working for either of us, so what's the solution? How do we make it work? Yeah. Mm. So I was just going to ask, you said at the start that you're going to share with us your three keys to lasting love. So do you want to lead into that? Absolutely. So um, I've kind of alluded to the first one already. So really the first step to lasting love is to love yourself and love your life first. Right. Um, it's to really know who you are, what makes you feel alive and passionate, and create a life based on that. Um, you know, before even worrying about the partner or the other person, make sure your life is what you want it to be and don't assign the duty of making you happy to the other person that's way too much pressure and it's frankly not their responsibility. So that's the, the first key. The it's second... Yeah, it's not right now. It's, and I think it's such a mindset shift because I think, you know, there's maybe a spectrum like how much do I rely on my partner to make me happy? And sometimes if that starts to slide, it's like, actually, no, that's not their job, just to re-remind yourself of it and focus in on and making sure you have your own self-care in place so that you can then actually overflow and give that love back out. Yeah, and it's good that you use that word because I was about to use the analogy. It's kind of, if you go into the relationship and your cup is empty or even half empty, you're basically requiring the other person to fill your cup. Well, how are they going to fill their cup with what's in their cup? And then guess what? Their cup is now half empty or empty. So that isn't the way to do a relationship. The way to go into a relationship is your cup is full and it's overflowing and you find somebody whose cup is also full and overflowing. Then you have the makings of a really great relationship. So learn how to fill your own cup first. Uh, is definitely rule number one. The second, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, and it just reminded me of another analogy of a love bank. I don't know if you've heard that terminology, but many years ago, you know, if there's any times when you feel like your love bank is getting a bit low, the worst thing you can do is just complain to your partner about it, and the best thing that you can do is try to love your partner more, and obviously in the way that they like to receive love, based on the five love languages, because the more that you show and express love, the more you're going to get it back. It's just a yeah, that principle of relationships because often we want to change the other person, but we know that we can't specifically change someone. But because relationships are fluid and dynamic, aren't they? That if one person in the relationship changes, it changes the whole dynamic. So, yeah, that that just that whole cup analogy. The more that you can give love, the more it's going to keep reciprocating, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to you know confuse people by suggesting that you won't be more happy in a relationship and a healthy one you will be. Um, but in an unhealthy one, you won't be. So uh, what determines, you know, healthiness or not to me, a lot of it's the energetic alignment going in. So um, it is making sure your cup is full and that you're in a position to be able to give to the other person. And so are they. And that's when you get that really awesome symbiosis happen where, where two people are basically greater than two people when they come together are greater than the two individuals on their own. So, um, yeah, the, the second key, as you may guess, is choosing, uh, you know, a really great partner. So, um, it's, and that takes some thought and it takes some effort to think about what is important to me in a partner and in a relationship 
And then it takes patience. And this is a thing I find most people are missing because they get frustrated with how long it's taking and how many people have asked them, are you single still? (laughs) Instead of just knowing what you want and staying true to it and being willing to keep your bar high and wait for the person who can meet you there instead of dropping the bar because, well, someone's better than no one. For those of us who've been in relationships with the wrong person, we know that is just simply not true. Life on your own can be much better than being with the wrong person. Um, you know, so it's, it's not true that being with anyone is better than being with no one at all. Yeah. yeah. And what's your third? And the third is to learn the skills that it takes to create a healthy, happy relationship. So it's really worth, you know, taking a relationship course, working with a coach, um, you know, doing some reading, learning about relationships, because we're, we don't just get it right naturally, unfortunately, uh, because usually what we're doing is repeating, we're repeating patterns that we learned in childhood. And unless you can say your mom and dad have exactly the relationship you want to have, chances are there's a few things you need to learn to create something different. So spend some time uh, learning that because not only will your romantic relationship benefit, but every relationship you have, whether that's with your kids or your extended family or your friends or your coworkers, all your relationships will benefit from learning about things like conflict resolution and empathic listening and, um, and vulnerability and how to communicate what you want. Absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, I think all of life is just a network of relationships evolving, like you say, with our colleagues, with our friends, with our family, and even with people that we don't know, acquaintances, or everything is about that interconnectedness and communication. And I think we will have this opportunity to get learn those skills. And I like that you use the word skills because I think a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm shy or, oh, I'm not very good with names. But actually, those are all skills that can be learned. So absolutely. So I'm really excited to finish by asking you to share the secret that's been, you know, enticing us. What is the one question that you recommend that we should all regularly ask our partner, the better partner? Awesome. So um, I really believe it's important. You know, people say to me sometimes, you know, how do you make sure your partner doesn't cheat? Or how do you make sure your relationship stays the course? And that you're, and, and really it boils down to checking in with your partner regularly. So the question I'm going to teach you is a steal from Jack Canfield in, uh, in the success training uh, the course that I took with him. So uh, he, on a regular basis, will ask his wife, and I recommend everyone do this with their partner, on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you with our relationship? And if it, the answer is anything less than a 10, what does it take to make it a 10? Now, that's a vulnerable question, and you have to be willing to hear the answer. But if you want a relationship that's amazing, and you want to be tuned into your partner and know if they're happy, and make sure this relationship is working for them and that they want to stay in it, Um, If you're looking for a way to affair-proof your relationship and keep it for the long haul, ask this question regularly, ideally once a week, but certainly at least once a month, and uh, and make sure you keep that bar up to the 9-10 level and you'll have a long-lasting relationship. I love that. And like you say, it is. It's like future-proofing. It's proactive and it's preventative. And I I can imagine that what it does is it just means that it keeps clearing out the little, oh, well, I've been a little bit annoyed that, you know, you keep... You keep leaving the scraps in the sink. You know, my, I can remember in my early days of marriage, my husband didn't like that I peeled the vegetables into the sink and waited until they're all there and then put them in the bin. And sometimes I forgot to do it and that really irked him, you know. It's like or the way that people step out of the shower and do they put water everywhere or do they dry off in the shower? It's all these little things that I guess it gives 
that gives you the opportunity to be regularly connecting, to de debriefing. And I love that question of what, what can we do to make it a 10? It's just going to keep it. It almost reminds me of the analogy of like you think of the coils of dust under a bed that they can just build up or you can just keep clearing them out. Not that I recommend that because I think that clearing under your bed is way overrated. <laughs> Much more exciting things to do with your time. But just keeping things clear rather than letting things build up in that mountain build. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Karen. Your wisdom is amazing. You can just tell that you've got such a depth of wisdom. I'm sure that people want to follow up with you and find out more. You talk about different phases of relationships. So what's the best way for people to connect with you? So the best way is to go to my website, www.karenstrangallen.com. The link will be below. Um, and I have some freebies on there, some free resources, including uh, uh, a little mini ebook called Uncover Your Hidden Blocks to Love. So you may want to check that out. If you're uh, wondering what's not working for you in your relationships, that'll help you out. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. That ends another fantastic episode of Thrive TV. Thank you so much for joining us today. Feel free to check out the show notes below for more details and go out and make sure that you look after your health, your happiness, because you are the most important person in your life. Go out and practice that self-love. Use these, these tips and this wisdom that Karen has shared to improve all of your relationships. So thank you so much again, Karen. Great to have you with me. Thanks, Lauren. It's been awesome. Thanks so much. Bye, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Thrive TV Show with Lauren Parsons. Visit thrivetvshow.com to access the show notes and discover our fantastic bonus content. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next inspiring episode.